If it were a game box, it would be a jewel case. Welcome to the This Game Wear podcast. I'm Chris, and over there is the Robotnik to my Sonic. It's Ashley! Me! Yay! Ah, oh, I'm the baddie. Yep. Natural. Oh, why am I the baddie? Why am I the baddie? Well, what makes the, me the baddie? You're not the Sonic to my Robotnik, are you? Come on. I think you're you're the... Hmm, who are you? I was going to say the Miles Prower to my uh, to my Sonic. I'm not Sonic, though, Maybe. am I? I don't think either of us are leading characters, to be honest. I think you've <laughs> I think you've oversold us both. We're beta males, aren't we? Yeah, maybe, yeah. Or maybe Gamma or Delta. And happily so. I wouldn't want to be walking around with my muscles, rubbing them in people's faces and shit. That's right. That's not do. me. No. Oh, yeah, exactly. No. How are you, Ashley? Good. Good. Just beating along. How are you? Good. Yeah, I'm grand, thank you. Shall we Shall we get started with today's game? Wow. Yeah, okay. Kicking into it. Yeah, well, I think it's going to be a good one. Mm. Uh, well, I think it's for me. I don't think you're going to like it. So this week, it's this game where you sneak around and avoid being detected. You're helped by a radar, and it's set on a British farmyard. I mean, you- this sounds... I feel like you're trying to set me up, and it's. It, you want me to think that it's Metal Gear Solid. A different version, like Metal Gear Solid Harvest Moon Edition or something. And then it's not. So you have a radar, you're sneaking around, it's sat on a British farmyard. Yep, it's because the last few weeks we've done Metal Gear Solid and then the VR missions. And this is this is the final game to me in the PS1 Stealth Trilogy. Or at least it was in, in the Stealth games I had on the PS1. I don't know. It is... Chicken Run. Oh, no. Oh, dear. This is one of those that I knew was coming. I, I, I've never played it. Right. So, But obviously, it being Chicken Run makes me feel a bit sad. I think it's going to be better than Metal Gear Solid. I'm putting it out there right now. A few minutes in. Mm, I'm open to the possibility. Definitely open to the possibility. What should be for Chicken Run, then? If you'll pardon the pun. Well, I think we've talked about it maybe between ourselves, but I just, I'm not massively into any of the Aardman stuff. Any at all? Mm, yeah. What's wrong with you? Well, I think I'm not a middle-class twat. Is that a good way to <laughs> phrase it? What? And I am, and that's why I like them. Yes. I yeah. lap them up. If I was going to try and capture you in a nutshell, which I frequently do to be fair if i were trying to capture you in a nutshell wallace and gromit would be most of it like 95 percent of what represents you what would the five percent be i'm asking with trepidation i don't know just miscellaneous let me think let me think oh i know it would be 90 mm, let's let's really science this out just one second give me a moment to figure out how much of you is wallace and gromit okay so i'd say about 70 percent of you is wallace and gromit it's gone down significantly yeah 20% is a mishmash. I don't, it, and it'll fluctuate day to day, but 20% is Lego and the Beatles. Okay. Which leaves 10%, and that 10%, 5% of it is your library card, and uh, the other 5% is children's meals, like potato waffles, alpha bites, chicken shapes like dinosaurs, chicken di- turkey dinosaurs. I bet you eat a lot of Bernard Matthews, don't you? I don't, but they are pretty Bullshit. Damn Bullshit. Uh, are those children's meals meals that I would eat or meals that I've prepared for my daughter, just to clarify that? Meals that you would eat. You, mm. I, yeah, I'm I, fairly, I, would, like, I would eat those. You'd murder a chicken Kiev. In fact, I know that you would oh, murder I a chicken Kiev. I love chicken Kievs. Exactly, yeah. Anything that is novelty shaped, so spaghetti in a can that's shaped like, I don't know, the Mr. Man yeah. or Dennis the Menace or, I don't know, any anything. Oh, also, yeah, anything that's quintessentially British, I think, is maybe rolled up in that, the old Wallace and Gromit bit, that 70 percent so dandies and beanos i would argue but i think you're pretty pretty shit now on the head there 
to be honest. I know. I know I have. Are you scared I, at I'm how quite, well I know you? Yeah, quite perturbed by how, especially the, the library bit, that was good. Well, it's you. It's you. I know what, I'm going to draw a picture of you, like collage. Well, following on from that bit, you said about, you know, the Wallace and Gromit aspect being 70%. I was reflecting on my passion for chicken room while preparing for this episode. And I realized that my relationship with it was when I was 14. And I kind of thought, yeah, that's, that's probably a bit too old for chicken run, isn't it? No, I think that it's probably fine for you lot. What to be 14 and watching literally on my 14th birthday going to watch chicken run when yeah. most of my peers were probably watching, I don't know, Reservoir Dogs and playing FIFA. Yeah, I think that it's probably the norm. For you lot. For my lot. Okay. Mm. On on the other side of the tracks. Yeah, the right side of the tracks. <laughs> it depends which side of the tracks you're on in the first place, doesn't it? Yeah. I know which side of the tracks you were on. <laughs> so as I just said, I saw the film itself, uh, Chicken Run, on my 14th birthday. A birthday that I remember getting a Simpsons video, Raiders of the Lost Fridge, for food-themed Simpsons episodes. It was also the same summer, the heady summer of 2000, when the fourth Harry Potter book came out. Yeah. I'm really painting a portrait of myself as a 14-year-old Chicken Run Simpsons Harry Potter. I, I was... Uh, yeah. What, what Privileged. Catch. You were what privileged. I was. Is that, oh, oh, is that what you were going for? I privileged. thought you were going for... Yeah, yeah. We went to a local cinema, me and my family, Mind Familian. Which one? A local cinema that has an intermission and an organ that pops up during the, the middle days. Ah, bit. cinema. Cinema in the woods. In uh, Wood Spa. Yeah, so we went there on my 40th birthday to watch it. I absolutely loved it. As Ashley has already said, I was and still am a huge fan of Wallace and Gromit, so I was not surprised I loved the film. I then got it for Christmas on video uh, the same year, 2000, and I watched it a lot. And again, that was around that time I realised, so I'd have been 14 and a half at this point. That was when I became sort of quite aware, I think probably year nine, that perhaps being into Chicken Run at that point was uh, unusual. Yeah, it's not unusual. I, I'm going to just come, I'm just going to back off the shtick for a moment just to challenge that because it's not unusual in so much as lots of adults enjoy the Ardman output. And yeah, I it's not, it's not, yeah, exactly. It's not quite so, it's not like, it's not laced with adult jokes or anything like that. You know, those nudge, nudge, wink, wink type mm. things that people say make good good children's films but there's there's also nothing wrong with enjoying something wholesome and designed for family for family enjoyment yeah there's a really weird adult thing that proper adults like to do which is distance themselves from those things that children enjoy one of them weirdly being cartoons or animation of any kind and i think when you take such a narrow view you cut yourself off from a whole la layer of culture that actually has a great deal to to give to the world. Well, if we go back, we talked a few weeks ago about the man that came to the cinema that specifically to watch an 18 rated film. That's the sort of viewpoint that's that's so opposite, polar opposite that's to what exactly I'm talking what about. That's exactly what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I'm, as an adult, and as I know you do as well, actually, I enjoy still enjoy watching cartoons. You know, like My Neighbor to Taurus, Spirited Away, things like that. You know, mm. just because the cartoons, they're, they're amazing films. Grave the Fireflies, absolute heart wrencher of film. Well, that, that's the other side of the coin altogether, because that's not a children's film at all. No, uh, I suppose Akira, not. Anime is a whole, it is a very challenging thing for those adults that sort of see like putting away their childish things anime is a bit of a weirdness for them because you put them in front of anything probably attack on titan or akira or something like that well that's a cartoon that's animation that they're used to thinking of as childish but it's it's got quite violent under 
undertones, I was going to say, but actually overtones. <laughs> yeah, definitely overtones. Yeah. So I don't really think they, oftentimes they don't seem to know what to do with that. They don't know how to categorize that. They don't know how to feel about it. They feel like adults shouldn't be watching cartoons but then actually that cartoon has quite adult themes so should children be watching it is that something that no one should be watching is that what those adults think I think possibly it is and I guess the point I'm getting at is I can remember in year nine talking about chicken run and being like to my friends and being a bit like being treated like a a pariah about it that they'd be like oh okay Mm. you're you're watching chicken run you know when they were into battle royale things like that that uh, you know were were more adults and that I was a bit a bit silly for, for still enjoying childish things as you just I'd hope that a good portion of those adults will have grown up a little bit because it, it is quite a childish. It's uh, the irony of that. One of me, one of two ironies that I want to level at you. The irony of those adults thinking in that way is that actually it's quite a childish adolescent frame of mind. So that's a fair point. I, I guess I guess at that point in year nine, you, you know, when you're fourteen, fifteen, or whatever, you're, you're trying desperately to be an adult and be mature. So maybe it's it's discarding those things as a direct result of that because you can you can look hard and tough and macho or whatever whereas I wasn't really that bothered about appearing those things because I was yeah. I, I liked what I liked yeah good on you yeah thanks thanks you big uh, middle class twat eh uh, the game itself released on the PS1 Dreamcast and Game Boy Color in November 2000 so it came out quite a while after the film itself and I remember buying it with some Christmas money from game either game or electronics boutique I can't remember which one in Meadow Hall nice yeah solid choice and I completed it during the Christmas holidays I, I whizzed through him sort of two or three days because uh, I thought it was great again this was going back over the last few weeks so Metal Gear Solid I was at this point Christmas 2000 I was deep into my obsession with Metal Gear Solid so an alternative way to, to play that game and indeed marry that gameplay style with Chicken Run was, was uh, right up my street I think genuinely, this is this is genuine, uh, heartfelt. I think those two games, the fact that you were playing those side by side, is testament, uh, like a genuine testament to your grown upness as a fourteen year old. Oh, I thank you. Really do, and something that all teenagers, but especially teenage boys, could look at as a positive example. Yeah, well, maybe all those uh, children listening, then they can uh, they can take from that. All, all those children that were listening to to. Exactly. men waffle on about chicken room. Do you want me to tell you the second irony that I've got? Sorry, yes. I, I moved on, didn't it's I? It's okay. Go. No, that's okay. It made sense. I'm going to just shoehorn it in here. So the best Ardman film is a film that wasn't made by Ardman. How about that? Which one's that? It's Fantastic Mr. Fox by Wes Anderson. <laughs> uh-uh. He did a much better job of capturing something British without harping on about it and making it cheesy and shit. Poopy. Mm, so's your face. That's my one word review. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Poopy. Yeah, well, I knew you'd think that because uh, you like Wallace and Gromit and shit. Yeah, I, I love Wes Anderson films. I was so disappointed with Fantastic Mr. Fox. Have you Were watched you? I, Have you watched Isle of Dogs? Island of yes. Dogs, whatever it's called. Yeah, I, I, I gave up after half an hour. Couldn't stand it. Did you? Uh, well, that's shame on you. It's just, that was a hot take, just so you know. So uh, feel free, everyone, to disagree. But generally what I'm getting at is that Ardman is massively overrated. And I'm sorry to say that to everyone that puts in all of the blood, sweat and tears to make their films. I understand the effort. I appreciate the effort. It's just really not for me. I do. Maybe I don't appreciate the effort. Whereas I think the polar opposite, I think they're amazing. I think sometimes it's just 
a bit lazy. I don't mean the process, I mean uh, the presentation. What is it you th- find lazy about it? They lean too heavily on the fee- this a sense of Britishness and... L- Oh, like Little England-ness, twee-ness. The stuff that we, having grown up in a cathedral city, the stuff that I am kind of, was kind of surrounded by, and presumably, well, maybe not. I was going to say you sort of grew up in the villages of Lincolnshire, didn't you? And that that's, it's a similar aesthetic that I just think... I, like... I'll tell you a game that did it better. Everybody's Gone to the Rapture captures an actual, real, real-life English village in a way that Wallace and Gromit could only stru- like could only dream of. Their representation of Britishness and that twee ruralism is uh, is sickening, to be quite honest. There's a phrase, I don't know who, who coined it, called legislated nostalgia. And it's this idea of a shared cultural experience that pe- that gets tapped into and people understand what's being tapped into, even if mm. people have not experienced it themselves. So yes. for, for Britishness, that the legislated nostalgia is the idea of, I don't know, Sunday roasts and going for a walk on the beach on a Sunday or going out for a walk in the countryside on a Sunday. Yeah. And I don't know, settling down to family and watching Big Break and Generation Game, whatever, on a Saturday night. It's these things that are shared cultural things. and Taking pleasure you, in a cup of tea. Yeah, exactly. That sort of thing. And that that's, yeah, you're right. It is that. It's le- legislate. You call it legislated nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what is dripping off Wallace and Gromit that I really dislike. No, I get that. Whereas I lean into that. Revel so it. I, yeah, I revel it. Love it. With, without being sarcastic or whatever that i think that genuinely is because of your class yeah you, you may well be right there mm, yep oh, wow right so the, the game itself then because you know we're sort of getting on 20 minutes in maybe talk about the game the game oh, sorry no sorry i apologize the the game and film both uh parody the great escape for anyone who's not watched chicken run or doesn't know anything about it it's a film set in 1950s britain about a farmyard where chickens are trying to escape from the farmers who are trying to kill them, put them into pies. There's two farmers, Mr. and Mrs. Tweedy, Mr. Tweedy being the stereotypical dumb bad guy, and Mrs. Tweedy being the more evil of the two, quite sinister in the film. And uh, the game basically plot the game basically follows the plot of the film trying to escape from the farm. Yep. It is a 3D stealth platformer game, exactly the same as Metal Gear Solid, really. Uh, the Game Boy Color version is 2D isometric, but I never played the Game Boy Color version, just wanted to have that clarity there. You play as multiple characters during the game. Uh, do you remember anything about the film, Ashley? Yes. Good memories, bad memories? Bad memories. Okay. And there's that proper Yorkshire chicken, isn't there? Like a Yorkshire lass. Well, it's it's Jane Horrocks big in the thighs. film. So is it Jane Horrocks? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. There yeah. we go. The, the main characters in the film and the game are Ginger and Rocky. Ginger is the main... Is she head. the Jane Horrocks one? No, she's not, no, is she? It's Julia Sawala, who's sort of trying to do the actual Julia Sawala? Yep. Ah. And Rocky, do you remember who voiced Rocky in the film? George Clooney? No, not far off, but not oh. quite. A bit more. No, Mel Gibson. Oh, no. It, yeah, I do remember. And Yeah, okay. And then there's also Nick and Fetcher, who are two rats. You play as those in various points in the game, uh, depending on what's happening. There are mini games. I remember the mini games being quite fun. And there's bosses. I remember there's the last level, which is where they finally escape in the in the plane. Spoiler alert. And there's a, a mini game where Mrs. Tweedy's hanging off this rope that's dangling off the, the, the plane that's made out of a hutch as they're flying along and you have to sort of whack her into trees or something as you're flying along. I remember that being okay. being really good. The plot itself follows the film. It's, it's three acts long, the game, trying to escape from the farm. Try once, try a second time, try a third time, and then escape. Job 
done. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find much information about the game itself because I think it flew under the radar somewhat. I think both because of maybe being released quite long time after the film, relatively yeah. long time after the film, and also because it's just another game based on a, a kid's film or family film franchise, I guess. One thing I yeah. do remember when it came out, though, I remember reading reviews of it because of how much I enjoyed it. And I remember there being a lot of flack for the voice artists not sounding like the, the characters in the film. Yeah. I don't remember analysing the film or game to that level of detail, but that was something I looked into for my research for this, trying to find out who the voice artists were just to, to, to find out for myself. So yeah. a couple of the people who voiced characters in the film voiced characters in this game as Ben Whitsaw. Not Ben Whishaw, as in ben- the... Uh, oh, okay. I no. thought it was. Yeah. No, he's a, a classic English actor who died a few years ago. Um, and then there's a, a lady called Lynn Ferguson, who is a, a Scottish comic who... Or Scottish actress, perhaps more than comic. Her brother is a Scottish-American comedian called Craig Ferguson, who I recognised the name of, but didn't couldn't recognise or anything. And I looked on his Wikipedia page, and he's done a lot of stuff. So I thought it was quite interesting that, that, that uh, she... You know, is uh, is linked to him in some way. I also found out that she was a writing consultant on Brave because of her links to Scotland. Okay, cool. Yeah, so she voiced mm. uh, one of the characters in the film and the game as well. But the the voice actors for the game itself, obviously, they didn't get Mel Gibson. Uh, there was a chap called Mark Silk, who is a very prolific voice artist for cartoons and games since 1996. He's done things as diverse as Pingu. Bob the Builder, he was in Star Wars Episode 1, and he was the voice of the radio announcer on Two Point Hospital. Lovely. Very good. Cool. That, that's a, a nice little link. I like yeah. that. And uh, Justin Fletcher voiced a character in this game. Who's Justin Fletcher? Right, I knew you'd say that. Any parents listening will know who Justin Fletcher is, and I knew you wouldn't because you're not a parent. Justin Fletcher is oh. Mr. Oh, Tumble. no, no, no! Oh, no, I do remember. I yeah. remembered. He, he, mm, yeah, I do know Mr. Tumble. He was big when my nieces were younger, or the first two at least. Yeah. Mr. He does Bl- Macaton. Mr. I Bl- I, Tumble. Does I a, don't know does why I'm so desperate for the, cre- the, the cred of parents and children everywhere. <laughs> but I've got, I've got really like, oh, please. Oh, do, I do know him, honest. Haven't I? If you say just inflation as many parents, they, they fawn over him. Well, well most parents do anyway. I think he's amazing. And like you said, the fact he just Makaton and performs everything using Makaton. This yeah. is one of his earliest uh, sort of... This is one of the earliest entries in his filmography. Um, he, he did appear in a few of the things kind of concurrent to this. He was also one of the tweenies, which I didn't know. Obviously, he's gone on to... What are you laughing at? I'm assuming that the last five minutes, you've been you've just been listing children's television programs that are obviously, to me, related to Chicken Run. Um, but for anyone listening outside of the UK, I'm, I'm assuming that none of this will make any sense. I think the tweenies were relatively Or that's not my known. age. Pinky was definitely known in America. Bodybuilder, perhaps not. I'm sure the yeah, tweenies... Yeah, the Tallytubbies were, weren't they? I don't I'm know. I'm sure the tweenies popped up in The Simpsons at one point. Again, just kind of a testament to their, their international value, I guess. I don't know. Right. Maybe. Don't make that May- but- Yeah, exactly. Maybe. I don't know. Justin Fletcher, interestingly, provided the voice of Sean the Sheep in the series and films that followed Wallace and Gromit. So there's a nice link to 
future armor things, which I don't think is necessarily into this game because obviously the game is not done by armor themselves, but that's, there's, there's a nice circularity to that. I think. Yeah. So yeah, this might be a good time to say I'm not completely convinced that this is going to be a bad game simply because, you know, I've played games that should have been bad that weren't and games, so, like there are there are games that you expect because of the nature of game, the ad- game adaptations. Yeah, licensed stuff. Because of the nature of that, you expect not very good and then it turns out to be all right so maybe there's hope for this at the same time you haven't actually said anything in terms of what the game sounds like it, it you haven't actually said anything that makes me feel confident that it'll be good but i'm just trying to keep an open mind it's metal gear solid with chickens with mr tumble then how could it not be good sounds like a fucking abomination <sighs> Well, following on from that first point you made about the games, the developers were a company called Blitz, who have since met their demise, uh, based in Leamington Spa, founded by the Oliver Twins, which listeners... Uh, do you know who the Oliver Twins are? Are they the ones that tried to shaft Mark Zuckerberg in the social network? No, that was a, a different set of twins. I know them as being the creators of Dizzy, the egg. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It wasn't the ones I was thinking of. So there we go. But I know Dizzy. Blitz mostly did family games based on, as we've just said, films and IPs. For example, SpongeBob, um, Taz, Action Man, Lilo and Stitch. So quite a big range. And then, then they also did the game of Reservoir Dogs, which came out in 2006. So very different thrust their output. Yeah, I bet that was amazing. I had a quick look on the uh, the Wikipedia page for it, just out of curiosity, and it got fairly middling reviews. Did you play Mr. Pink? He had to walk around a forest and collect random objects. I don't know. I never played it. Oh. Maybe. I bet it was. I bet it bloody was. Right, that's uh, that's all I've got on, on Chicken Run. As I said, it was uh, quite sparse in terms of what I could find online. So that's all right. We, uh, you said far too much already. Too much. I've said more in the last 20 minutes than I bet anyone said about Chicken Run the game in the last 20 years. I would expect that is true, yes. There we go. Let's, uh, let's crack on then and see what the, see what the fuss is Okey about. Okie dokie. Is that a pun? Oh, that's a pun. Oh, What's dear. The pun? Fuss. Let's crack on. Oh, uh, that, that was that was unintentional, uh, but uh, I'll, I'll take uh, it. I'll, I'll own it. Was it a cracker or was it foul, Ashley? Uh, I think you know the answer. It was not fun. It was foul. Foul, foul, foul. Like a bit of chicken poop. Have you ever smelt chickens? Yeah, they're pungent. Well, this smells worse. To ammonia, isn't it? Yeah, it's grim. This is, it's not that bad. No, it's not really. I, I'm. No, it's not. You, you're right. It's not bad. It's inoffensive, but it's not fun. It reminds me of the kind of tie-in you might get on CartoonNetwork.com for its cartoon fair, where they've put some effort in, but by and large, it's minimum effort. You can still get games like that on uh, like the CBBC website and on Cartoon Network still. They have games that are actually pretty good. My, my daughter really liked there's one on the CBBC website based on The Worst Witch, which is where you're walking around whatever castle it is or school they go to. Uh, and it's uh, as a 3D game, and actually for a, a free game that's available on the CBBC website, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I know that they did some weird Doctor Who tie-ins that were 
like fully fledged 3D games that were also free. So I suppose as a blanket statement, I've I've made two statements already that I've backtracked from now in this first, in the second half. But as a blanket statement, I suppose it it's not it's not really accurate. But there you go. Do you know what I mean though? Like it's yeah, it's it's an the, the word you said inoffensive. It's just it it's fine. It's it's a tie-in that does what it's supposed to do, and that's that. Mm. And actually, I had the same thought as you when I was watching. Uh, I watched a video on YouTube of the boss fight at the end of the game that I talked about where Mrs. Tweedy, Tweedy's hanging off the the plane they've cobbled together out of a hutch and she's hanging off a, a, a line of uh, Christmas tree lights. Um, and it actually did cross our mind. It did look like something you'd find on something like the CBBC website or Cartoon Network. So we were very much on the same page with that. Yeah. So uh, I mean in terms of gameplay more than in terms of the way it looks. How shallow Although it is. we should come back to the way it looks. Yeah, you can imagine there being like a little collecty game where you run around a rudimentary maze and collect. I don't know. Let's just, let's just, right. So Dexter's Laboratory. There you go. Dexter's Laboratory. Can you imagine a little flash game where DD has hidden your robot's remote and you have to find, you have to go around a maze and find your robot remote. Yeah. And each time you, each level has more and more robots that are chasing you around this maze, like some kind of little weird ripoff of Pac-Man, you know? Yeah. So I've just, I've just envisioned a game for you and it's fine. It's a little time filler, but it's no great shakes. It's no, it's not even as good as Pac-Man. And that's what this is. This is, this is, there's about that depth, that level of depth to this game. There's, and that's it. You, you are going round, at least the levels that I played, you're going round, finding things and picking them up. Every so often that, that gameplay, that very basic gameplay is punctuated with a mini game. That is essentially the game in a nutshell, really. It is, it's a lot more item heavy than I remember it being. So mm. the, the first act was where they were trying to cobble together. They were trying to build a life-size model of Mrs. Tweedy so they could try and escape dressed up as Mrs. Tweedy. It then had a, a bit of footage from the film, which I think was pretty impressive. We, we said that's obviously the, the CD technology was would enable them to, to have that footage from the film. But it mm. felt to both both of us that that was one fairly throwaway gag almost in the film where they're dressed with Mrs. Tweedy and it's obviously very shonky and then suddenly that's then a mini game based on that yeah. which you know that's that's fine and then that's the first act done and then the second act starts and then they've got three plans to escape from the uh, the farm which involve collecting assortments of things and then off you go explore the farm again but this time there's a, a bit more of the farm to explore to find these uh, wider range of was items was there even a was there more of the yeah yeah it's a I didn't more. find any more of it I didn't realize that I got I got a bit bored and didn't want to play anymore, sadly. The fact that this includes those sections from the actual film doesn't really do it any favours. When, so a few years after this on the PlayStation 2, the Lord of the Rings franchise spawned a series of tie-in games that were beat-em-up type affairs, I think, if I remember rightly. They included sections of film from the actual films, uh, and they transitioned into the game in such a way that I said to you, when we were playing this, it, it was very, very seamless. So you, you'd pan down to the to to like a, a battlement, and then suddenly the game was actually playing. The the computer generated imagery had taken over from the from the film, and 
I remember, I'm sure it's not as seamless as it as I'm making out it go sort of going back to it, but I remember it being very seamless. And the game didn't look all that much worse than what was presented in the film. Or at least there was enough distance between the film what was presented of the film and the actual gameplay that that took place for you to not directly compare the two here what you have is these sequences from the film that are well animated and the characters themselves are very characterful they're designed with quite a lot of character transition to the game and it looks like have you ever seen those news things those 3d news things i think that come from korea possibly korea and they're all really weirdly animated semi three like 3d reenactments of yeah, where they animate the news stories, essentially. Yeah, and yes. it's it's all really very low quality um, animation. It, yeah, it, it's kind of like that. That's what this game looks like. It, it looks like an, a knockoff Taiwanese version of, of Chicken Run, and that's not great. What's the main character called? Ginger. So Ginger looks like she's had an accident. <laughs> yeah, she's, tried the- to, she's tried to cross the road one too many times. <laughs> In, in the footage from the film, she's quite chunky and well-rounded, and looks really good. And then, and then the model in the actual game is a lot more angular than that, which again is you, you kind of expect that with the the, the hardware it's on, etc. You kind of do, yeah, but that just doesn't do it any favors. The the direct comparison that you're being asked to make or being forced to make, really, in showing you the film and then going, oh, and by the way, you're playing the game, just doesn't do any favors. No, all the characters look like they uh, look like they would if the models, the clay models, had been left in a cupboard for 15 years to moulder and then rediscovered and reused. That's what it looks like to me. So maybe, really, then maybe they should have, although the technology allowed it, maybe they should have, maybe they should have thought about what they were actually going to achieve in, in creating that direct comparison. So I would counter that and say that I thought that it, it captured the feel of the film quite well. I think that the, the characters, yeah, I think it, it reminded me of the, the film, the atmosphere, etc. And the characters, while not that like for like, you know, I still think they looked fairly good. Like I said, you know, you, you, mm. you mentioned the Lord of the Rings games, which is obviously a very different franchise with a lot more money behind it, and also on oh, PlayStation yeah. Two hardware. If you, you, I know, I wasn't, I wasn't making comparison oh, okay, between the two games. Enough. I was making comparison to how the style the two handled those transitions and how the two, by including sections of the film, they were inviting comparison. Whether they meant to invite comparison or not is a, is another thing altogether. But whereas it came off very well in the Lord of the Rings games, as I remember them, here, it does not do the game any favours whatsoever. That was what I was right, okay, with sort you. of alluding to. The fact that it can be done very well and, and successfully, but per- perhaps just not here, not not on the technology that they had in uh, in hand and um, yeah maybe they just were trying to do something they weren't were they they were just including parts of the film because it was easier than and cheaper than animating new cutscenes. yeah it was the that's, that was that's the, the up and down of it isn't it that was the frame that the the game was hung on and strung together with these these sequences yeah. but but then even those the mini games themselves weren't particularly fun like the one we were controlling the mrs tweedy character model that had yeah. the chicken side etc it was just over a minute long it took me a minute and one second to complete and it 
it was this this balance game where you press in square to make it tip one way and circle tip the other, etc. And it just wasn't really that fun. No. And that extends to the other mini games because there were a few other mini games. Ashley even queried whether this was one of those games that were sort of part of the course in the early to mid noughties where it was essentially a mini games collection. And I think there is more to it than that. But the mini games are there maybe to provide a bit of relief or something, but it would have been nicer if they were a bit bit more fun perhaps yeah um why are the mini games there that's the that's what you've just floated isn't it so i think it is that just to provide some a, a bit a bit of different gameplay but it's that the gameplay they provide isn't good gameplay the the main part of the game is just so thin i can well imagine that they were trying to offer something more so we've said before that we quite like novelty we quite like things we quite like games that sort of clip from one one style of gameplay to another and offered something new and and fresh each level or something like that and i think this is an attempt at that or else the mini games are there to provide some sort of semblance of that when in reality the bulk of the game is just a, a big old long fetch quest or series of them so you've said that you think that it captured the film and the feel of the film i, I suppose that has to count for something in so much as you enjoy the film you like the film you're a fan of it i'm not I, and i did say to you one thing you can't say about the Arden films is is that they lack feeling or they lack polish or they lack character in particular. And I know I've harped on about the lack of character here, but what I got from the game was just this feeling, this flat feeling. There just seemed to be no, none of that Ardman feel. And that, in contrast, this is a good, I suppose, maybe comparison to make. So there was a series in, le- again, we're talking a little bit later on, but there was a series of adventure games, point and click adventure games based on Wallace and Gromit and even though again I didn't really enjoy them and I think that was partly because of the Wallace and Gromit side of things they captured everything that you might regard as good about Ardman's style none of that was here what they they were making a game first and foremost a bad game first and foremost and just didn't really pay much heed to what they were trying to represent or adapt yeah, at least in my view i can see the point you're getting out there i'm thinking about the farmyard for example once you'd escaped from the main chicken coop area it was a farmyard that just had some bits of detritus laid around a tractor that was strategically positioned mm. so you couldn't get into you know it was basically just barreling off the rest of the world um and it was just it didn't really have anything to it. It was it was very very flat. I completely see what you mean. Uh, another example being Mrs. Tweedy. She was pacing around in one of the rooms, looking out at you just to be a, a guard to watch for you. And the room she was pacing around in was completely empty. Didn't have any furniture or anything in, and didn't even have a door for her to get in out of the room. So it just felt artificial. It had been created just to be a some a, a barrier to impede your progress in in the game almost. Yeah. So in terms of the environments, yes, there there was a an empty to them that made it feel quite flat but also even sort of the the execution of the little dialogue exchanges between the different chickens when you go back and deliver your items to one of the chickens or whatever the music what little there was of it the music cuts out 
and you just have these dialogue exchange. You just have you just have them deliver their lines, and the, the I mean that's one thing. So you said about the voice actors and them not necessarily being the people from the film, but I actually thought the voice actors did a, a decent job mm. of delivering the lines. But in terms of how it was actually then implemented in the game, it was left hanging because there was nothing else. There was no dynamism to the shot arrangement. There was nothing. It was all static shots. It was just face on no thought or consideration to how they've presented that material which is a shame because they had they were kind of gifted this license begs you to do something that has a little bit of substance to its character but one opportunity they did take uh which we both commented on was we talked a few weeks ago about Metal Gear Solid being a game about sneaking and stealth not having a an actual stealth opportunity yeah in this game option the button yeah, yeah. In this game, you could hold R2 and then Ginger would actually tiptoe around, which is a really, really great feature, perfectly suited for the game. In execution, was completely pointless because yes. whether you were sneaking, whether you were running around, it seemed that the dogs or Miss Tweedy or the spotlights, whatever, again, uh, thing was there to, to catch you, would catch you anyway. Well, they would catch you or they wouldn't catch you, more to the point. I, I didn't sneak. I snuck to try it out, but I didn't sneak in actually playing the game. And I was able to navigate per- perfectly well. I uh, to, You had to throw Brussels sprouts to get the dogs to run away from you. If you throw a sprout, the dog runs away. You've got no problems, really. So, yeah, it was a pointless addition. If they if they'd taken that, if they'd taken that mechanic, I still don't. I still think it would have been quite a thin experience, but they could have taken that mechanic and built the game around that so that it, it necessitated you to sneak and to understand when it was necessary to sneak. There was a nice mechanic with the Wellington boots that you picked up partway through the, the first act where you could only clip Novelty. that. Novelty, it wasn't a mechanic, then... was it? Uh, but yeah, it was right. a... okay, fair point, fair point. Yeah, but, but so... it was a nice little equips that and then literally the chicken standing inside the welly and if you then um activated it whatever the, the phrases in the game the guard dogs whatever were then just walk past you because oh, it's just a, a welly that just happens to be standing up i quite like that oh that i didn't realize that that actually operated that way yeah <laughs> so that is i suppose a mechanic it's like a little hidden portable hiding place yeah i oh, know i didn't realize that i just thought it was a funny little thing like oh there's a chicken running around with a boot on its head no you could uh you could hold down square and then they're, they're hidden it which was cool i see i think uh yeah i mean let's be honest yeah as a game it's middling to mm. not that great in a nutshell yeah neither was really that surprised about that um, I, I'm not surprised, but I'm a bit disappointed. That's more in you than the game. Yeah. So. Just last note then before we wrap up and finish off there. Um, if any uh, diehard chicken fans are still listening at this point, um, there is a sequel in the works at Netflix. Are we aware of that, Ashley? No. No? No, nor do I care. Oh, okay. Well, of course you knew that. Of course yeah. you knew that that was... It, it got announced I a couldn't years care ago. less. Oh. oh, well, hopefully it's died a death. Uh, they've, they've recast Mel Gibson. Have they really? Yeah. Oh no, they've re they've recast him. I thought you meant that they've cast him again. No. Oh no, that would have uh, yeah. been more uh, contentious. Yeah, it's it's uh, the character of Rocky will not be voiced by Mel Gibson. But more gallingly to fans, uh, Ginger will not be voiced by Julia Sawala, who is a British actress to people listening from around the world who maybe don't know her. They haven't really been very clear with the reasons to why. She has intimated, well, not intimated, she's been out and out, uh, uh, that it's because she's too old 
for the the job, which is interesting in itself. Uh, the film will follow on from the events of the first film and will be uh, about the chickens that they they land safely on an island, I think, and it's about them um, sort of coping with island life. And then Rocky and Ginger have a daughter, and it's about her. But they've been very caged about it. But it's got the original writers and uh, original producers of the film um, due to sort of start production in twenty twenty one to be released at some point. Yeah, who have they cast as Ginger? I don't think it's been officially announced, unless what I read earlier, it was just not in that bit. I, I don't don't know. Right, okay. I'm just going to see if I can find it. But I, want, I wanted to wrap up there, just making that point, because maybe that'll be a Chicken oh, Run okay. 2 game and we can have another, another, another peck at the corn, perhaps. I tell you now, if, if there's another Chicken Run game, you make me play it, this thing is over. <laughs> the end of the podcast. Yeah. Okay, fair. You've got this out of your system, hopefully, presumably. I'm you said this is the last in the very odd trilogy, which isn't really a trilogy. It's <laughs> one game twice and chicken <laughs> one. It's it's Mike Hornetto trilogy. Mike Hornetto, maybe, but not. Yeah, maybe. No. Yeah. no, I, di- I didn't have... There, there might have been other PlayStation 1 style games, but I didn't have any others. It was just these three. So, yeah, okay. that's, that's it. You, you can sleep easy tonight. We're, we're all done. Yeah, I've still got to edit the thing. Sorry. I'm not sorry at all. Yeah. Too right, bad guy. Good. I'm glad we're finished. I'm glad we're done. If you, though, are sad that we're finished, uh, you can find a little bit more of us. Not very much more, but a little bit more on Facebook in particular. Also Twitter. Uh, where else? YouTube. Instagram are well, on a very rare, very rarely. So yeah, do come find us there. Also, like, rate, and review the podcast on whichever platform you use. Yeah, do that those would, things. That would be lovely. Do those things. That would be great. Yeah, and next week I'll do a game, and it will be a good one. I hope. Yeah. Yeah, it will. I've decided it'll be a, it'll be a good one. Right, better than this. Better well, than I, this for sure. After last week saying that uh, Titanic was the best game ever done, I'm uh, you know we're, we're sort of. On a, on a downward trajectory, so let's let's bring ourselves back up after that then. Yeah, I don't know what you were thinking. I really don't, but I there just, we go. I just wanted to do it before Christmas. Right. Sorry. Right. Bye, everyone. Bye.